What was your reaction when you were at Texas and they almost joined the Pac-12? I actually felt like we were probably going to the Pac-12. So in your mind, subconsciously, you start looking at recruiting areas. Does that change? And really and truly, none of it happened. So I wasted a lot of energy and a lot of time on something that wasn't even a factor for me. Hello, welcome to the July 13th edition of Always College Football. We really appreciate you being with us, and we hope that you're enjoying the show wherever it is that you're consuming it, whether that's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or you're with us here on the ESPN YouTube channel. I'm your host, Greg McElroy. Along with me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Mark Kubiak. We have a terrific game plan in store for you today as the Big 12 officially kicks off talking season as their media days are officially underway. We're going to dive into why the Baylor Bears right now are the favorites, according to the media, to repeat as champions in the Big 12. And we're going to have a terrific sit-down visit with University of North Carolina head coach Mac Brown. Before we get into all that, let's talk about it. All right, let's talk about it. The Big 12 media days are officially underway, and we're going to do the best we possibly can to discuss the landscape of the Big 12 without discussing realignment. I know that's a hot topic of debate, and the Big 12 centers in that debate, but right now, let's just avoid it for the time being. There's three major takeaways that I want to hear when I tune into the Big 12 Media Day coverage. We've already heard from new commissioner Brett Yormark talking about how he wants to make the Big 12 a destination again. Understandably so, but I already told you we're not talking about realignment. That was the first big takeaway that I wanted to get is I wanted to hear from the new commissioner. Look, he's from Rock Nation. He's not come up in the college world the same way some of the other commissioners have. So I was very interested to see what his approach may be. I thought he was great in taking the podium and trying to give us some type of clarity with where the Big 12 is going next. The second big thing that I want to hear coming out of Big 12 Media Days is the quarterback position. We know that the Big 12 has long prided themselves on having excellent quarterback play. Not necessarily the case right now. Not saying they won't have it when we fast forward to season's end. It's just right now, we don't have a lot of clarity with a lot of these quarterback competitions. We also are making a lot of assumptions based on transfers, high-profile transfers in some cases, that will be stepping into the starting role immediately. Only one team in the league has a returning starter that didn't face a quarterback competition this spring. That's Spencer Sanders of Oklahoma State. And we all know with Spencer Sanders, there were some up and down performances throughout the course of his last season. Will he take the next step? We certainly hope so. And we know that fans of Oklahoma State hope so as well. We referenced the fact that there's some potentially high profile transfers that could burst onto the scene. Let's go through a couple of those. Let's start with Adrian Martinez of Kansas State. He, of course, formerly of Nebraska, not all that dissimilar to Spencer Sanders, had some up and down performances. He's got tremendous athleticism, but the inconsistencies throwing the football have often plagued his progress. Hopefully, with a fresh start there in Manhattan, he'll be poised to have some of the best football that he's played at the college level sitting in front of him this season. Let's go next to West Virginia, and probably one of the highest profile quarterback transfers we saw this past offseason was JT Daniels. He reunites with Graham Harrell, who was formerly of SC, there at West Virginia, they're going to run that air raid style of attack. And with what JT Daniels does well, he gets the ball out of his hands quick. He's got a quick release. He's very accurate on the underneath throws. They could be a little bit of a sleeper 
heading into this upcoming season, especially if JT Daniels can find the form that he had at the end of the 2020 season. There's also a lot of people that forgot he was a Heisman candidate going into the season last year. Dylan Gabriel would be the next guy that we'd want to address because we all know what he was capable of doing when he was at UCF. Some tremendous seasons at the helm of the Knights, and he's now at Oklahoma, where obviously massive shoes to fill for every quarterback in the last decade. Hopefully he, along with Jeff Levy, can put some points on the board for the Sooners this year. And finally, Quinn Ewers at the University of Texas, who is unanimous top prospect a year ago that decided to leave high school a year early to capitalize on NIL. He signs with Ohio State, doesn't play, red shirts, now transfers to Texas where he was originally committed. He's battling with Hudson Card, who started a couple games last year. But I think a lot of people assume it's going to be Quinn Ewers who will be the starting quarterback for the Longhorns. He has major upside, has major potential, but will he be able to live up to that in year number one as the starter in Steve Sarkeesian's offense? So right now, the quarterbacks are a bit of a question mark in the league, but they may be, by season's end, a huge strength. We'll see. And then finally, the third thing I want to reference is the fact that for the first time in their history, the Baylor Bears are the preseason media pick to win the Big 12. Now, they've won it a few times. Never, not once, have they ever been the preseason pick. Now, if you believe that teams should be built from the inside out and that great teams have great players along both sides of the line of scrimmage, then Baylor's probably going to be your pick too. They bring back a lot of faces along the offensive line for the five that started last year. We'll be back for the Baylor Bears. And then on the defensive side of the football, they bring back some great players as well. Siaki Ika is one of those guys that at 340 pounds has athleticism and agility to be able to play on first and second down, obviously, but also can contribute by rushing the passer on third down as well. Even though it's not his bread and butter, they have some great players along the defensive front. The problem is they lose some key pieces in the back seven defensively, including Jalen Petrie, who might have been one of my favorite players in the country last year. He was undersized, but was a massive playmaker there at safety for the Baylor Bears. And they also lose Terrell Bernard, who was a big body, very physical, tone-setting inside linebacker that was a massive vocal leader for the team last year as well. Couple that with the fact that you lose the physical Abe Smith at running back, you might have a few key pieces naturally to replace. Can they replace them? Absolutely. But it's not a slam dunk that they put guys in that are equally as good as the guys that just departed. I love their offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes, one of my favorites. Love his approach. Love his off-tackle stretch zone. Love all that. And I also love Dave Aranda. I think he's one of the most thoughtful coaches in the country when it comes to putting together a defensive game plan. So I love their coaching staff, but I'm just the tiniest bit hesitant to think that they just fill all those voids, rally again with expectations, with a target on their chest, and they win the Big 12 for the second consecutive year. You can make a legitimate case this year. The Big 12 is about as deep as anybody. There are probably six or seven different programs that could possibly win the league. With Oklahoma's uncertainty, not knowing the key pieces, Brent Venables, of course, stepping into a head coaching job for the first time. Oklahoma State's got some question marks. Texas, a lot of upside, a lot of question marks. West Virginia, who knows what they're going to be. 
Kansas State might be a bit of an issue. Texas Tech has some pieces that you feel like they might be able to take the next step. I mean, there's a there's a case to be made for at least six or seven programs that could potentially win the Big 12. We'll continue to break down these rosters in the weeks to come. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. He's one of the best people in all of college football. He's the owner of a national championship ring and another national championship appearance. He's one of my favorites. Former colleague. I still like to consider him a colleague because he's so helpful with us in the media. He's Mac Brown. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. Greg, thanks for having me on. We, uh, you beat us for a national championship, and I still <laughs> like you. So that, that's a pretty good test of, of whether you, you like a guy as a friend or not. And you do a tremendous job of selling college football. You've been there. You've done that. You, you've played at a high level. You've played at the toughest position. Uh, because if you don't have a quarterback, you're not going to win. And, and you won a national championship. So uh, you're such a, a great person to be able to explain to our fans uh, about college football and who we are and where we're going and what we're doing and, and, and really let them see behind the scenes what's going on. Well, you're going to make me blush, Coach, uh, because I, uh, I think it's well documented that I was a diehard Texas Longhorn fan. Um, so there are a few people that know your career as well as I do, I feel like. I grew up going to the Red River Shootout, watching you guys play against Oklahoma every single year. And I watched Vince Young grow up before my eyes and was celebrating like crazy when you guys won the national championship in 05. So uh, it's definitely been fun following your career, and I'm glad that we have the relationship that we do, and we appreciate so much all that you do for the sport that we care so much 
about. Let's talk about North Carolina and where you guys are right now. When you look at last year, so much hype, so much buildup, so much anticipation. And then, of course, you run into a difficult spot week one. It just never felt like you recovered there in the first couple weeks of the season. So how do you make sure that you manage expectation for the guys that that obviously went through that disappointing start to the year last year? Yeah, Greg, I, I thought we got ahead of ourselves. We, we had two or three great players. Uh, our coaches did a good job. We, we got lucky with Sam Howell to get a, a tremendous young quarterback. And we end up in the Orange Bowl year two for the first time in the history of the school. <laughs> right. And we weren't ready to handle it. Yeah. We, we, I'm not even sure as a staff some of the guys were ready to handle it. But all the hype came out. We're eighth in the country. Sam's going to win the Heisman. And, and we're not used to any of that. Right. And, and because of that, it, it's the same reason a lot of people that win a championship can't repeat is we didn't do the little things right that we needed to. We were worried more about uh, who was going to get this award and who was going to do this. And we played some good games, but we didn't have a good team. We were very inconsistent and we were inconsistent with our leadership. Uh, and that all goes back to me. So, um, I pride myself on, on fixing things, and for whatever reason, we let a few things slip last year, and, Greg, we've been all over it. We had a tremendous spring. Uh, we, we have a few coaches that come in that uh, with Gene Chiswick and Charlton Warren, who were here in 2015 and 16 and did an amazing job. Uh, Gene obviously was the defensive coordinator for us at Texas when we won the national championship, and then he wins a national championship as a head coach at Auburn. So he walks into the room with confidence. Uh, he's been there, done that. So the kids know who he is and what he is. Um, his time on TV helped because it, it kept uh, his face in front of a lot of people. Uh, so for recruiting, he's been a, a huge asset. Charlton Warren is an Air Force graduate from Atlanta, 10-year uh, Special Forces hero for the Air Force and then coached at Georgia and Tennessee and Florida and defensive coordinator in Indiana. So he brings a wealth of experience to us. So I just, I see us being better on defense. We've recruited really well. We're going to look better. And, and now these young guys need to step up and play. I told them we look good getting off the bus. We need to look good after the game. Right. And, and uh, <laughs> that's where we're headed. And then offensively, uh, Stacy Searles left to go to Georgia. He, he left the day before spring practice started, but we're lucky to bring in Jack McNeil. Jack's been a head coach. He had worked with Phil Longo at Ole Miss, our offensive coordinator. He'd worked with Larry Porter, our running back coach at Auburn. Um, he knows this system. He loves this system. Uh, so we were really, really lucky. And, and Jack's had uh, uh, seven years of NFL experience, won a Super Bowl. Right. So he, he can give these guys something that a lot of the guys that haven't been in the NFL can. So uh, I like our staff right now, Greg. I like the continuity. Our, our players understand that that uh, we put our thumb back on them, and our bench is our best friend. And we had a lot of great competition this spring, and I can't wait till fall. Have you noticed, Coach, be, because of last year and and all the new faces and the accountability that you're demanding throughout the program? Have you noticed an increased level of urgency amongst the players to kind of right the wrongs, and do they have a bit of a chip on their shoulder heading into this year because they're not being talked about in the same light as they were a year ago this time? No, I absolutely see a chip on the shoulder that we've created, yeah. and we had it the first two years, and and we lost it last year for whatever reason. We we sat there and and I could feel it, 
and I couldn't do anything about it. And you know, when you're you're sitting here as a coach, and everybody thinks you got coach speak anyway, and and people say, "Well, you're eighth in the country," and I said, "Yeah, but we we don't deserve that. We haven't earned it." And then you don't want to tell your team you're not any good. That's a hard thing. And then you you don't want to to lie to the public. But I could see in practice there were just things that weren't working, yeah, and, and weren't as good. And I wasn't happy. And Virginia Tech on the road's a hard place to play. And then we get a center hurt. And then the second center sprains his ankle in the first part of the, the first quarter. So it was just a year that uh, uh, we, we had everything happen good for the first three years. We lost some close games. But last year, uh, it was our fault. We, we should have done better. And, Greg, we've got to win games on the road. And that's something new programs have to do. We haven't done that well. And we've got to win close games. We won all the close games at Texas, and we haven't done that since we've been here. So those are the two things that we've got to do to, to take the next step to where we want to go. Coach, it seems like in, in watching just how you've recruited and doing such an amazing job of getting to every nook and cranny of Carolina and making sure that those guys are are there – they're considering Carolina first, and it's amazing the response that you've gotten landing some of the top guys from that part of the country. And it feels like those guys have now matured, kind of get into the point where they've been in the program long enough that it's time to maybe break out. So uh, how have you kind of developed some of the guys that were very high profile coming out of high school that will now be paying, playing a pivotal role for you, not just this year, but in the coming years? Greg, people are so used to – a basketball player coming in that's a five-star, and he's a one-and-done. <laughs> he comes in, he's great, and then they say, what about those linemen you signed, man? Where are they? And so, Well, this one hurt his knee, and this one hurt his shoulder, and this one got too heavy, and this one – but they have to grow up. Yeah. And and uh, it, it takes more time. Uh, thank goodness last year we got to play them some. And this year we should reap the benefits of a lot of really good young players because our team is so young. Uh, the best players are the freshmen, sophomores. And, yeah. and we're, we're not a, a team that can take a lot of transfers or even grad transfers because we can't get them in school. So we're not going to be a transfer place. And, and we can't uh, fix our needs as quickly as a lot of people can. Um, and with NIL, that makes it more difficult, too, when you start looking at who's into what and who wants to come for what reason. So we've got to do a tremendous job, Greg, of evaluating getting the right fit for North Carolina that still wants to come here, mm -hmm. get a North Carolina degree, uh, have a chance to win all the games, and then get out of here and have a productive life afterwards. But to do that, we have got to do a better job developing than a lot of people. So uh, we get these guys in here. we gotta, we got to make them play. And North Carolina was number two on my list, Coach. I mean, if I didn't go to Bama, I was going to North Carolina. I, I think it's an amazing place to go to school, and I've always felt – like it's a sleeping giant. And we saw bits and pieces of that at times the last couple of years. Shoot, Clemson on the road. I believe it was year one, maybe year two. You had them on, you had them on the ropes there at the end with a two-point conversion away from getting it done. It, it just feels like it's inevitable that you guys get over the hump. And I happen to think, Coach, I really like your team this year. I thought we were a little early, but I like your quarterbacks. Watched them closely in the spring. And I look at Drake May and Chris Will, and those guys can flat out play. Couple that with some experience along the front some experience at wide receiver, there's reason to believe there could be a big jump on that side of the ball. I'll get to Coach Chiswick in a minute, but when you look at your offense, what gives you as much what gives you optimism? The biggest thing is we've got a lot of guys that have played in the offensive line that are back, and we do have two grad transfers in the offensive line, one from Harvard uh, and, and one from Miami. 
that are experienced players that that should really be able to step up and help us. The one from Harvard just got here, but it's not like he's <laughs> is he going to have a hard time learning uh, the offense, coach? You think he'll be okay? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I told Coach McNell, our offensive line coach, if he can't count to three, then you're because <laughs> this guy's got a mechanical engineering with uh, astrophysicist or something is a minor, and now he's going to uh, Keenan Flagler graduate business school so he's pretty smart yeah. um so I, I think we're going to be good in the offensive line in fact i think we may even be better uh we've got about six backs that can all play and we need to separate them and they've got to step up josh downs was one of the best receivers in the country last year he's going to have more experience outside uh, than we had last year to help him bryson nesbitt's a big six six tight end that can run and we're playing him some at wide out and putting him in a slot and moving him around and I'm like you. I, I think both quarterbacks are really, really talented. Uh, Jacoby Criswell's the player of the year, Gatorade player of the year in Arkansas, and he's been here two years. Drake May was the Gatorade player of the year in, in North Carolina, the five-star that committed Alabama and flipped. So they're both really talented. They're smart. They're good. They're competitive. And one of them's got to be really consistent. And we're lucky, Greg. We were able to move our game with Florida A&M to Chapel Hill in zero week. So we, we play them here first, then we go to a kind of a weird schedule. We go to Appalachian State, which is hard in this right. state, and then you go to Georgia State, who's playing really well also. Um, so I didn't want those two guys to go on the road uh, to start their careers. I wanted them to have a game here first. But uh, we've got a lot of inexperience on offense. We've, we've got a lot of people that can play that are very talented. Uh, it's just time for us to step up and play. And we've scored a lot of points. Phil Longo's done a good job. We've got to do a better job in the lower red zone. Um, I, I can't stand field goals. <laughs> we need touchdowns. Uh, so we, we've got to do a better job in short yardage and lower red zone. Other than that, uh, offensively, we've run up down the field. We need to do a better job in the red yeah, zone. Yeah, you, you referenced that Week 2 game on the road at App State as someone that lived in Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> I know how much that game will mean to the wonderful people of Boone, North Carolina. That place will be bonkers when you guys show up there. So I'm looking forward. I, I called a game there a couple of years ago, Coach, when Miami was up there, and it was absolutely insane before the game. So that'll be a really cool environment for you guys, and I know it'll mean a lot for them to you guys to come into town, and it'll be a great matchup for y'all. As you as you look at your defensive side, you, you referenced bringing in Coach Gene Chizik. And outside of you, Coach, I'm not sure there's anyone I love more that had worked at ESPN I'd shared the desk with than Gene Chizik. I think he is so knowledgeable so approachable and it says a lot come from a Bama guy who lost to Gene in an epic Iron Bowl uh, so I, I think the world of him when you were evaluating the landscape of potential coordinator hires why was it that Gene Chizik was the one that kind of stood out to you Gene is the best defensive coach I've ever worked with and he's such a great person I, I would have hired him three years ago and it just wasn't time for him he he has a son, that uh, Callie, that's a, a safety at Furman. And he was watching him in high school, and he wanted to see him finish. And and, and that was understandable. Um, and I, I went with Jay Bateman, who did a tremendous job for us. But but when uh, Jay and I split terms, uh, there was only one guy called, and it took five minutes. <laughs> and Gene was ready, and I was ready. And I said, I know you're a fool. I left that job that you've got to come here. And I'm asking you to be a fool and do the same thing. And he said, you got it. We're done. And then he called me back in five minutes and said, I probably need to ask my wife, John. And I said, well, I think that'd be smart. Uh, you, you do need to do that. 
I didn't ask my first wife, and that's why she's a first wife. So you, you need to ask. Uh, he called right back and said, can I bring Charlton Warren with me? And I said, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll work that out. So uh, those two have made an a, a amazing difference in, in just the attitude because of the confidence that both of them have because of where they've coached and what they've accomplished. And 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 the kids are really excited about it. He just keeps it so simple. I feel like, and even when you're playing against it, it's a nightmare because you're not going to see that many different looks. But every single look that they are going to throw at you, it's like, well, that guy's covered. That guy's covered. Where do I go? Check it down, right? It's like it's, he does it. He is a great teacher, Greg. That's the thing, and I'd, I'd forgotten since 2006. But uh, he, he's going to do a tremendous job teaching footwork and low pads and pursuit angles and, and tackling drills. And he's going to back to the old school. Let's do, everybody's playing so right, fast now right. that I'm worried sometimes that we're not teaching. We're just yeah. going fast. It, it's, it's gotten more like basketball on grass. And, and, and he is totally opposite of that. And the other thing I love about him and I'm, we're, we're doing the same thing offensively. I want us to look complicated, but yeah. be simple. And that's what Gene is. He, he's uh he will move them around some. He'll look at different things. He'll have some exotic blitzes on third down for you that you haven't seen. But we're going to have worked on them and studied them, and, and we're going to know what we're doing before we run them. It's, and you're just such an amazing ambassador for the game, Coach, and you reference going fast, and it's just different. It's different than what you've seen. You've now been a head coach uh, for 33 years, and you've seen positive changes. You've seen negative changes. The changes that we're seeing right now are – uh, in some ways, unrecognizable um, when you see major superpowers leaving their geographical area to go join and align with another league. But what do you make uh, of all the changes that we've seen in college football in recent years? Craig, we're, we're going through a, a time where it seems like we, we've lost who we are in, in leadership. We're making decisions without having them thought out. And we're, we're making decisions without knowing what the consequences are. Um, I, I talk to my wife, Sally, a lot about people and outside of football and her opinions. And it was funny when NIL came up, she said, well, the, the art student can pay for their art, get their art paid for in college. The musician can go play at a concert or a bar. So why can't athletes? Makes sense. That's fair. But we have to have some guidelines. We have to have some guardrails. And we just threw it out there and... and People are going to take advantage of lack of rules. And, and that's kind of what happened to us. And uh, I like the players getting money. I'm not sure it's healthy to get too much money at, at this stage. And, and we are asking them to grow up faster. We're asking them to get uh, uh, agents. We're, we're telling them that they've got to learn how to pay taxes. We're, we're talking to them about having to make money. And, and then you add the transfer portal, which more, puts more pressure on them because now if I don't like what I've got, you didn't have any choice. You yeah. were going to stay at Alabama and you were going to make it work. Now you'd say, I'm not staying, man. I'm, I'm out of here. We had a player last year come in about the seventh game of the season. We meet at 630 in the morning. He walked by and said, hey, coach, how are you? I said, great. Uh, defensive line. So coach says he's wanting in the transfer portal, coach. And I said, what? I go talk to him. I said, what are you doing? He said, well, it's end of the season. I'm not playing much. I need to start looking around and let people know I need a scholarship and I'm available and I'd like to go visit some schools. And, and, and I thought, you know, we, we obviously have allowed too much freedom 
in some of those areas. And I think that's why we're seeing more mental health issues too, Greg, because we've got more stuff that they're having to deal with than, than you and I had to deal with. Um, and at the same time, we're giving them a lot more money. We've got cost of attendance that they're getting that you and I didn't get. Next year, they're going to get $6,000 for going to school, just showing up. So I, I think that sometimes things have to get really, really bad uh, before they get good again. And, and we're at a point now where I think there's enough things that need to be changed that decision makers are going to step up and, and do that. And, and touching what you said on realignment, because there's so much money needed now, that's why people are looking around. They're looking at the best possible arrangement for their universities and for their players. And, and that's where people are saying, here's this TV money and we get this. And why don't we look at this? And when do the contracts come up and what's happening? And I'm actually, I was on the golf course in the mountains of North Carolina where up there in Boone, where they're all telling me, you know, this is our Super Bowl at upstate. I said, I got it. I understand. You know, we've sold 10,000 season tickets. I said, I got it. I hear you. I know you're going to be excited. We're, we're still going to come, but I got it. I got it. And um, a, a guy calls me and says, hey, uh, USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten. I hear it. I said, ah, it's not going to happen. Can't happen. I said the same thing about Texas and Oklahoma. They're not going to the SEC. By, that was 1 o'clock. By 3.30, it's announced that those two are gone. So things are just happening, Greg, and they're happening faster than ever before. And uh, I've tried to stay out of this one because – when I was at Texas, it looked like we were going yeah. to the Pac-12, and, and and we looked at a lot of different things, and then it didn't happen. So uh, I know we opened up on August 27th with Florida <laughs> A&M. I know we weren't very good last year, and I know we need to do a lot to get better this year. All I've asked our administration to do is, is in their decision-making, make sure that our players are treated as well as any players in the country. And, and I want us to have enough money to give them, to afford them the opportunities everybody else has. And that's all I want. I don't care anything else. That's it's uh, above my pay grade. Well, I know the staff that you assembled, uh, they have father figures at every, it feels like at every, uh, both coordinators, you, I mean, I look up to all you guys very, very much. And I know they're being treated as, as well as humanly possible. I want to go back to that Texas to the Pac-12 discussion. This will be the last one for you, coach. As a football coach that really doesn't have any say in the matter, uh, what was your reaction when you were at Texas and they almost joined the Pac-12? How is you a, how do you as a football coach kind of handle that and not really sure what to tell your, your team and your players? You know, Greg, we were down to the end, and all I could tell the players was that uh, um, there were things that were happening. Some of what they read and hear is true. Some of it's not. I don't have all the answers either. Uh, I actually felt like we were probably going to the Pac-12. So in your mind, subconsciously, you start looking at recruiting areas. Does that change? How about travel? How about scheduling? All those things. And, and really and truly, none of it happened. So I wasted a lot of energy and a lot of time on something that wasn't even a factor for me. So that's why what I've, I've told our guys, um, that there's a lot of people that are discussing things um, but you're in the ACC. We, we've got a, a tough schedule next year. Let's plan on being the best we can be and quit worrying about stuff beyond that. And that's the, and that's the healthiest for me and our staff too. Yeah. And I've told our staff, if I get any information that you haven't read or that you haven't heard, I will share it with you. Uh, but until I do, you just 
coach your tail off and recruit like we've always done and get ready to play. And, and that's the only healthy way to do it because it's just crazy when you sit and listen and look at all the stuff and then you start thinking about, well, what about this? And what about this? And, and it's really wasted energy. And, and my energy, uh, I actually left vacation to come back uh, a week early because I'm so excited about this team and I want to be here and be around them. We have a team meeting this afternoon at four and they will ask me questions about what they're reading and seeing. And I'm going to tell them exactly what I told you. Let's, let's get ready to play. Take care of yourself. Uh, get yourself in a position where you can earn the right for your coaches to trust you and let you play uh, at any time during the ball game. Uh, keep doing your academic work. Prepare yourself for life after football. And, and then you're prepared for whatever happens. And, and let's quit worrying about things that we have no control of. Yeah, I think that's the only approach, Coach. With all the misinformation and information, all the moving parts, I think that's the only way to approach. But, man, I'm so excited to see your team this year. Uh, I can't wait. I'm so glad you're playing Week Zero. Get a, get a fresh week, watch you guys, see what you guys are made of. But I think, uh, I think you guys are poised to have a great one. So thank you so much for the time, and, and best of luck. Enjoy fall camp, and we look forward to visiting again soon. Thanks, Greg. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Such a great visit with Mac Brown. He's not only a great coach, but he's just a great person. And just so enjoy the time that we had with him, as far as North Carolina is concerned, I meant it when I said it. I really think this could be their year. We might have been a little early. Might have been a little early with the expectations going into last season. And we have a program that hasn't experienced the heights that North Carolina had experienced. It was going to be difficult to replicate the Orange Bowl berth from the year before. You lose Sam Howell, that's a big loss. But I like their quarterback prospects. You heard Coach talk about the fact that they have two players of the year from Arkansas and North Carolina that are vying for the position. Drake May and Jacoby Criswell both have a lot of ability, and you saw that on display in the spring game. They have weapons on the outside. Josh Downs is one of the best receivers in college football. He needs some help, but you got to think that help is coming. And the offensive line, a group that was somewhat disappointing last year, hopefully they come together in the 2022 season. Then defensively, they got to make strides. Remember, the last time Gene Chizik was hired at North Carolina to become the defensive coordinator, this was 2015, they went from an underachieving group to a group that was an onside kick away from punching their ticket to the college football playoff. Remember that. I'm not predicting that, but I would not be surprised if we fast forward to season's end and North Carolina is not in the mix to represent the Coastal Division in the ACC Championship. Should be a really fun year for the Tar Heels. That'll do it for us here at Always College Football. Please like, rate, and subscribe. It really helps us out. You can visit 
our Twitter page at always CFB. We appreciate all of you. Please hit us up in the comments on the ESPN YouTube channel. Tell us what you think of the show, where we can get better because we're always trying to grow and we're trying to grow with our audience. You can also email the show directly. If social media is not your thing, that's no problem. Email the show directly at alwayscollegefootball at gmail.com. For Mark Kubiak, I'm Greg McElroy. We hope you have a wonderful day. And remember, it's always college football.